after a very long hiatus, the Final State Podcast is back. I'm Devin Estefano alongside my trusty co-host, you know, Mason Marco. Yeah, we're back. And, we're back for another season. And we have a new addition, Tyler Besman, a.k.a. Bez. What's going on? Do you guys have anything to say before we jump into some Bruins talk? Uh, very excited to be back. Um yeah, I think that's about it. Ty, welcome to the uh, welcome to the podcast game. We're uh, we're excited to bring you in here. I know it was mostly Devin that uh, recruited you, I would say, but uh, yeah, we're excited to uh, get a third person on here, get some more perspective, and uh, create some better conversation and get her going. Glad yeah, to hear, bud. Appreciate it, boys. I mean, happy to be here. Definitely stoked. Yeah, you know, we had like a really long list of applicants, so I had to. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot through. of people. You just seem like this is. <laughs> My resume was just perfect, I guess. Like, you know. Yeah, you just fit all the categories. Yeah. All right, so. Yeah, what are we starting with, Devin? <laughs> we'll hit it off with some. Uh, we'll do some Bruins pregame because there's a game tonight. If you're for those of you who are listening to this, it is. Uh, it'll be coming out. What the fuck is today? Wednesday? Yeah, Today's Wednesday. Wednesday. So it'll be coming out Wednesday, and the game is happening tonight at 6.30, if I am correct. Um, Mason, do you want to start off with a breakdown of game two that happened two nights ago? Yeah, well, it was a pretty back-and-forth game with, like, a lot of um, – just like the first game, a lot of hitting, a lot of back-and-forth play, not a lot of penalties, which is good. You know, like those kind of tend to break up the game a lot and kind of – create like an uneven flow as you could say with the game but overall it was a pretty good battle between two teams who clearly like have like you got the veteran Obi who's out there just laying like I don't even know where he's getting this energy like he's got to be on the gas it's to a point where he's throwing the body he's toe dragging like like McDavid out there like Patty Kane in the neutral zone and like this is a team that wants another shot at a they know like always towards the end of his career like he's only got a couple years where he's gonna be this good unless like and yeah he's russian so like it may continue to like he's 50 but he's only got a couple more years here and i think oshi and backstrom are kind of in the same boat where it's like if they want one more they kind of got to get it sooner rather than later so it's going to be a tough battle the remaining of the series completely based on the fact that like their superstars ain't going away like there's not going to be any quit there's not going to be any sort of like you, you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. So it's like the Bruins got to keep playing if they are. It's a team that looks like they can go deep in the playoffs just like they did two seasons ago against the Blues. This team, yeah, they don't have the big like, – they got the captain. Like, they got the leader in Bergeron. They got these veteran guys who know how to win. It's all about kind of dialing in with – like, they got the physicality. They got the scoring. It's mostly scoring that I'm worried about where if they don't get enough goals, just like the Islanders are where they're great defensively, but – Sometimes it can be tough to get pasta going or just not the bounces. The Bruss finally scored one after I don't even know how long. That probably won't, that one fucking felt good, I bet. And overall, it's it's going to be a tough rush of the series, but um, the game too was good. This is, I mean, playoff hockey is just different. Like you're going to, like, it's it's just so much fun to watch. There's, all, there's action. Any game you put on is, you know, it's going to be a good one, especially like the Vegas-Minnesota game or series right now is unbelievable. Kaprizov, this kid comes out of nowhere. His rookie season coming out of Russia. It's he's completely turned that team around. Billy Garen with the the barbecue sauce all over his shirts uh, uh, before pregame meal just fired that team up. Just really changed the culture over there. And 
yeah, this these playoffs are going to be – this is going to be the best because there's finally fans back. It finally feels normal. That COVID thing was kind of cool at the beginning, but games like this got to be played in the front of a full crowd. I think um, going back to the Bruins game, I think one of the biggest takeaways from the game is the goaltending battle between Rask and Anderson because Rask made 44 saves and the, the guy's 39 years old. I mean, he has a lot of playoff experience, so that really showed in the game. Yeah, I mean, Anderson is a, as an overall, like – guy to come in step in unprepared well he was clearly prepared but to get that call that early in game one where you're stepping in where he hasn't really been playing that much I think he had like 15 games this year at most and a guy like that who was kind of in the halak kind of role where it's like he's a guy who can win you a game every once like he'll win you a game when he goes in but he's not going to play 40 games you know like he's really good when he only has to play like a couple games every couple weeks here so it's it really, it's a, it's a big step that he's taken being this old, never really, I mean, I think he's, he's been here once before when Ottawa went to the um, Eastern Conference Finals back in like, I think like maybe four years ago, maybe five years ago. But if he can get back to that kind of playing style where he just kind of got hot and kept it rolling, I don't see this Capitals team really slowing down offensively or being less gritty on the back end as well, where they're going to keep fighting, so. It's going to be a tough rest of the series, especially if the Bruins aren't getting shots. And that game one, they didn't shoot the puck. Like, same with, same with kind of in game – like, in game two, they finally started to figure out how to score. But, like, you got to get shots in that goalie. As I know you were excited or pretty hyped about Taylor Hall's clutch goal. So, how, how clutch is Taylor Hall, would you say? Um, I mean – I just I just love him because you know we he we end up adding him to the roster and he just makes an immediate impact. I mean I feel like the whole entire team kind of loves him. He's like he's probably not like that little brother, but everybody but just wants to be friends with Taylor Hall. I feel like, and we kind of see with Marshawn when he um, when he scores that goal, first person he goes up to right into the arms of Taylor Hall. So that was just kind of a cool thing to see. Um, I'm mostly curious about Mason. How do you feel about Taylor Hall in this whole series? Do you think he kind of makes a huge impact in this series and just the the rest of playoffs is kind of the Taylor Hall show? Yeah, so this is the first time we've really seen Taylor Hall kind of open up and play as he did when he won the the, uh, the Hart Trophy that one year in New Jersey where he, they brought, he brought him to the playoffs. He kind of like took off that year and made him gave himself the name of like, this is why people he's so good. This is why he was like a number one overall pick. Like this is why he can play at this level. And he finally, like, he finally ended up getting paid when he went to Buffalo, which he thought, I mean, maybe he thought he would change the culture there with Eichel, but they didn't really blend. So bringing a guy in who, when he was draft, oh no, he's draft number two, right? Or I know he wanted to come to Boston instead of Edmonton when he was drafted because right. he was in the same draft as Sagan. And so a guy who wants to be here, he knows he's on a good team who is going to give him chances. He's playing with Krejci who, is un, who has opened up this new level to like almost where you almost have two perfection lines now. You have the Bergeron line, which is El Perfecto, and then you have this line where Krejci's toe-dragging around defensemen and then feeding Taylor Hall backdoor like it's nothing. Yes, sir. Like we've never seen Krejci play like this. Like he, that guy led – again, the, when they went to the finals, he, all, he in 2011 and uh, when they played the Blues, he led the team in points. It's like this is Krejci's this is Krejci's time to shine, which he does almost every time he's here. And you give him a guy like Taylor Hall, who's known for putting the puck in the net and having this like game breaker type, like momentum swing and play style, where it's it's almost 
if they can get clicking and they can catch heat just like the Bergeron line can, this back end is the only thing I, I would worry about. But even then, it's like Carlo's taken a big step this year. Same with – um, oh, my God, what's his name? He's uh, – oh, my God, he blocked shots. He, great uh, – fuck, he's like a big fighter. Anyway, this – Taylor Hall has definitely been a, – a, I watched the behind the behind the B with him when he first came in. All the guys seemed to like him right away. They were he was the one of the, one of the, his first second game in. He scored, had a great game. They gave him player of the game in the locker room. Like they can tell, he he's definitely fits in with the boys. He's got those big lips. Like the guys, the guys got about it. He made a couple, made a couple schmillion. Like he's just got, he got just about everything. Hell yeah, but, man! Before we move on, uh, what are some key points you think that needs to be a point of emphasis for the Bruins moving on into game three tonight? Shoot the puck. <laughs> shoot the, get it in the neutral zone, go right up the middle and shoot the puck. Cause that's, that's where they've been getting, that's where they've been scoring. Keep that up and obviously try to contain what is the, the farm animal uh, Ovechkin who's got like, I don't know. Ovechkin's one of those different breeds of players that you really never it's a generational type player like you only really see one of these there's not like there's like Sidney Crosby was that but now we got the McDavid but there's not hasn't really been a, a farm animals type player a absolute workhorse like Ovechkin where he looks effortless out there and he looks mean as shit to doing it like he does he looks like he doesn't give a fuck when he's out there he doesn't care who he's pissing off he doesn't care who he's hitting he's gonna go at you as hard as he can every single time so it's yeah he really does. Tough. Especially because the Capitals are known for taking on the Bruins in the playoffs too. It's usually we it'd almost be a better matchup for the if we played the Pens, but dude. Again, Braden Hopey's not their goalie right now, who really has been like the, the uh, Bruins killer as well. Bruins always have tough matchups in the first round. It's just inevitable. Yeah. The only team I'm really if they get through this, it's just Tampa that I'm worried about because that team is just rocking. Kucherov's back. It's almost like they got a super team over there. Like it's like it's like the Lakers. They're like would be like the Lakers of, of the NHL right now. They got Hedman on the back end, big motherfucker. They got Braden Point, uh, fucking Alex Kalorn, Kucherov, Stamkos. Like it's, it's almost not fair. McDonough. Like it's it's just not. And then they their Russian goalie, Vasilevsky, who looks like he is from a different planet. It's that that team's a wagon. That's that's gonna be whoever plays them. I'm sorry. But yeah. RIP. Yeah. But also Especially with the, the cats playing right now. Fuck. Also RIP to the Washington Wizards because your very own Boston Celtics beat them 118 100 to move on to the first round. And we were going to play the Brooklyn Nets. It's going to be rough, but at least we got here. So, yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, they were struggling for a good part of the year, right? Not getting going. Yeah, and then Tatum pops off with a 50-piece last night. I mean, you can't complain about that. I mean, I felt like people were doubting him for a while, kind of didn't know how he would step up, and then he comes out with a 50-piece. You can't really uh, talk him down after that. Yeah, 17 for 17 from the free throw line. Uh, I think it was 14 of 32 uh, from the field. It was like 43% shooting. So those are all good numbers for Tatum, and you you love to see that from like one of probably – I mean, not probably, definitely the best of the young players that we have on our team. Jalen Brown being a close second, I would say. But I think another big takeaway is that Beal and Westbrook 
both were struggling in this game. And, you know, we know that Beal was dealing with a hamstring injury, so he wasn't 100%. But either way, I think, like, the Celtics kind of just had too much firepower that game with Tatum and, and Walker kind of just firing on all cylinders. So it was just too much, and it just overpowered the Wizards. I mean, a guy like that putting up a 50 piece is if you you lose to that, you lose and somebody puts up 50 points, it's not on him. It's on the it's on the rest of the team there. Yeah, I mean the the Wizards, I don't I was honestly disappointed. I I thought it was gonna be a back and forth throughout the whole entire game. It was a great game for the first three quarters, I would say. And then we pretty much just went on absolute tear. Um I definitely wanted more from Westbrook, but it just goes to show the guy really, in my opinion, cannot win playoff games. And it's just because he can't shoot the ball. If you don't let Russell Westbrook get into the paint, you're going to win basketball games. And sadly, Bradley Beal was injured, so we didn't really get to see the actual Bradley Beal. Um, but worked out in our favor. We move on to see uh, the Brooklyn Nets in a seven-game series. Definitely nervous about it, but I'm pretty excited about it. I think this is a huge opportunity for our rookies and our younger guys uh, to kind of prove that why they're in the league. Um, yeah, definitely a disappointing game from the Wizards last night. I love talking positive about the Celtics, but what were some things that you you didn't like from uh, last night's game? Um, it was it's kind of the same things that I that I was thinking all year. Tristan Thompson, I kind of wanted to see him move the ball a little bit more. He couldn't do it. Every single time he touched the ball, that when he was close to the paint, he was just throwing up shots. He couldn't kick the ball. And anytime he had the ball roughly around the free throw line, he wouldn't even look at the basket. He didn't know what to do. It felt like whenever he had the ball in his hands, he was freaking out. Another thing was just the fact that in the first half, there was no sort of fire coming from Tatum. There was no fire really coming from uh, Rob Williams, those are two guys I really wanted to see coming into this game just be hot right from the start. I mean, Tatum was pretty quiet. He was playing pretty well, but he would make a shot and then just kind of jog back on defense. When I'm watching Kemba, who someone I really respect, is making plays on defense, making plays on offense. He's, he's everywhere on the floor. And I mean, Marcus Smart, we already know that that guy is just a walking fireball. Like, the guy is he's just crazy on the floor. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean you, something about yeah. sorry, Mace, but something yeah. about uh, smart is that he'll always show up in playoff games. Like maybe not on the stat sheet, but like the intangible things that don't that not everyone sees, but basketball fans notice that hustle, the tenacity, the really good defense, finding open teammates, and like he's a great leader. Him and Kemba are just like the sole leaders of that team. Kemba is probably the more vocal leader, but Smart leads by example. So, yeah, without, without a doubt. I mean, someone else that I kind of I want to see a little bit more fire from in the first half was even uh, Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench. He's a guy where I see him come on, come play certain games and drop 15 to 20. But then I see him come out and I mean, it might be Brad Stevens fault not playing him enough in certain games, but I just didn't see a lot from him in this game. And that was definitely a moment for him to really showcase who he is. Um, and I look forward to at least what he can do in this next series. Yeah, maybe it was nerves. The nerves got to him just being a rookie in your first, like, really big game. So, but I do expect him to have some pretty key moments going forward because if they want any chance of beating Brooklyn, they're going to need the, the entirety of their team to come together and produce. Definitely. 
because our bench, our bench this season has has had to be like ranking as some of the lowest output when it comes to scoring in the entire league. Because we've seen it through time, through periods of the season where Tatum's not on or Brown might not be on, and nobody else on our bench can produce for us. Yeah, I, yeah. I forget which game it was. I think it was uh, maybe two, three weeks ago. <laughs> Mason, uh, sorry. sorry, Mace. Oh, no, uh, you're good. Keep going. But it was like two, three weeks ago. Um, I forget who we were playing. We might have been playing the Jazz or something. Um, but I just remember us being up by like 15, 20. I'm, I'm sitting there. There's two or three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Next thing I know, we're losing our lead. It's just slipping straight from us, and we have to play Tatum and Kemba and Brown with with like a minute left in the game just to win. And it was kind of it was pretty embarrassing to see that that we need we're that good of a team, and we can't close out a game with our bench players. Yeah, I mean it's just inconsistency. And Mason, you could bring your point now. <laughs> oh, okay, I was gonna say because like if we're not getting anything from our bench, really. It's going to take a lot because, like, it's going to be a long series for our star players then considering that we're going up against <laughs> some of the best, like, players in the league on one fucking team where it's, yeah, fucking well, – let me see here. We got Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. Like, those Are two play together are all offense. You're great. They're great offensive players. Brooklyn, though, does not – play defense. They're 23rd in the league in defensive rebounding. The Celtics are third in offensive rebounding. This game's going to be won and lost in the paint. If the if Bruins, the Celtics, if they can if they can get in, get some rebounds, put that ball back up and get those second chance points, that's what's going to win the series and that's what they need to be doing. Yes, but sir. if they can't get anything from anybody else but their star players, it's going to come down to like if we can outlast them. And then if we get to, if we get through this round, it might be so t- we might be so tired that like second round is gonna be even worse. You're right. It's just a huge defensive task trying to compete with the offensive abilities of Irving, Durant, and Harden. It's like, yeah, one of them. If say one of them has an off night, the next two are still putting up 30, 40 points, or Harden's facilitating for them as like as because he's shown throughout his. Um, I mean, his career, yeah, but also this season specifically that he's willing to be a playmaker and kind of take that back seat as like the third option and then just facilitate to all the other players. So they're a really scary team, easily finals favorites or championship favorites. I mean, the Lakers still got to, <laughs> the Lakers got to beat the Warriors tonight for them to even be, even be in the conversation for NBA or back-to-back, being back-to-back champions. So, And what a weird thing to say that the, the Lakers and the Warriors as well are in the play-in tournament. That, it's just, it's weird to say. Yep, it just adds to that, that storied, I, I don't know what you want to call it, legacy, or just the rivalry, rivalry between LeBron and Curry that's just lasted for a number of years. But now it's just weird because you're used to seeing them in the finals and now we're seeing them in a play-in tournament that never existed <laughs> and they're fighting for their lives to get into the first round. So it should be good. Is that going to be a thing that's continued through the future or is that just because of they started late? I believe that it's like a trial thing they're trying to, they're doing like if it, if they like how, I guess 
the fans react to it and how it plays into um, the entertainment factor, I guess. They'll probably look at ratings as well. If their ratings aren't good with, with the plan, they, they might not continue is my guess. But I kind of like the idea because it, pre- it prevents teams from, from tanking. Like pe- teams that are 10 seeds have a chance of getting their bid into the playoffs. So it's interesting. Because I mean, it's kind of like that, like kind of like, oh, it's a sudden death game. Like who, who's going to get in the playoffs? So it's like, I guess it's kind of like that kind of like the finals feeling, I guess you could maybe get for like that one game, maybe. I don't know. But I mean, it is kind of cool seeing it's like a one and done kind of thing. But I mean, yeah. I wouldn't mind like a three game series or something like that. Yeah, Maybe I think that a little longevity. I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of just build up the intensity. I think that's something they'll experience experiment with down the road. But honestly, I'm just just jumping back. I'm just happy that the Celtics got it together and they don't have to play um, Indiana in the night in the it would have been the nine ten seed or to get the eight seed, they would have to play Indiana. So who are you taking? Indiana or, uh, or Washington? Uh, if Beal was healthy, I want to say Washington, but I just feel like I didn't see enough out of him. I think Indiana is like poised to get the eight seed and then they'll be playing Philly in the first round. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's brutal. that's that's uh i i love playing philly i mean i i i love beating them it's fun to see joel and bead cry a little bit uh see ben simmons brick his three three pointers it's awesome um but i mean the celtics were to play philly and we end up losing we wouldn't hear the end of it it would be awful that's why i'm, I'm happy we're playing brooklyn we're expected to lose by a million so i mean I, I'm, I'm riding that underdog train I'm totally down for us literally Popping making the, the their Popping life a living hell. What'd you say? Popping on the wagon. Seriously, man. Hop on, on that train than the other one. Yeah, we <laughs> we have absolutely nothing to lose. Seriously. Because the season, you can pretty much scrap this season. It wasn't successful. It was pretty underwhelming. And then you lose your second best player. It's... I mean, making a push to the finals is extremely unlikely at this point. So it's like get your younger guys some experience. Keep, keep. Yeah, I mean, yeah, keep feeding you gotta, Tatum. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta lose before you can know how to win. Yes, sir. <laughs> Quote that. Put that in your Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> the motivation. <laughs> I follow a lot of those like motivational accounts and all of them are God awful. Like some of them where it's like the skits that they try to play for them are just, they're terrible. Well, I mean, can, can you at least give us one? Yeah. So there's this one where it's like, Oh, new kid uh, shows up at school and gets bullied. And then it's like some kid like throwing milk at this kid. And then he's like, but he, wait, he didn't see him on the, on the ice. And it's like the kid dangles through like 16 people and like, a pair. he's like, just happens to be at the rink. And he's like hops on the ice with like a pair of jeans on. And these people are like, the coach is like, hit the kid. He's like in a pair of like jeans and like a, and like a t-shirt skating on the ice goes in, like dangles four people go shelf. And then like, now he's like the cool kid. It's like, you can <laughs> rise up against anything. What? Is that like a, 
Is that a new Mighty Ducks trailer or something? Like, it might have been the entire movie. I don't know. <laughs> it's a documentary about Mason. It's a Forty-minute clip. <laughs> yeah, that that is Mason. It's the rise of Come Mace. Ri- the rise of Mace Barco. Yeah. <laughs> it was so it just it, it's like um it was just so relatable. It was like yeah, I've, been, I've thrown milk. Milk has been thrown at me a bunch of times. I've been there. <laughs> And then, I, yeah, I did get laid out in the hockey tryouts. Yeah, and then that did happen. Then you did. And I didn't rise up. up, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I never got the end of the movie. I never got to the climax. Yeah, but part. now he's an electrician. So, I, I mean, that's I all that matters. Really... Yeah. That's all that matters. Like, I wonder who won that battle, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's talk about probably one of the most hated analysts in all of sports, Kendrick Perkins. Big Perk. Big Perk. Big Big Perk's hot take recently was that winning an NBA championship is more difficult than winning a Super Bowl. And not true. Calais Campbell responded with like basically saying, hey, Perk, you're wrong, bro. Like, you know, nothing. And it was like, it's considerably more difficult to win a Super Bowl because you can't have a bad day. And then when it comes to a seven game series with basketball, you have, you can, you have multiple games where you can have a bad day or not be on your, at your best, but you can be down two to three games in the series and still come back and win the NFL. That is completely opposite. What do you guys think about that? Yeah. So, I mean, my take on that, at least I think big perks an idiot. I mean, I don't know how you can sort of have that take and then stand by it after the amount of people that are telling him that he's wrong. Um, I mean, I respect him standing by it, but when you really like sort of break it down, what he said, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. If you're, if you take last night, for example, if we're playing Washington tomorrow night, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal have a night to recover. They Bradley Beal has an extra night to stretch out that hamstring sort of try to get himself closer to a full recovery. And then after that, he still has five more games to make his hamstring close as close as possible to hundred percent. Let's look back at the Super Bowl. The chiefs got blown out, absolutely blown out. If they could play three days, four days after that, it's a totally different game. And I think the reason why the Super Bowl is, is so huge and everybody loves it is because it is just one game. You, the, the lead up to it is how is this person going to play? And that's it. When they talk about the NBA and talk about the finals, how are they going to play in game one? Okay, they didn't play that well in game one. How are they going to play in game two? How are they going to play in game three? How does that translate to game four? So it's, it's without question, it is way harder to win the Super Bowl than it is to win NBA finals. I mean, I think, personally, I think it comes down to, like, perfection and preparation. It's like you can have – like, you can – in, say, a seven-game series, you get multiple chances, you get multiple opportunities. So you don't score on this one, you might get another one. But that's where, like, the whole thing about game seven is such a – like, a thrill to everyone because, like, you finally get that it's all on the line. There's no, like, there's no redos. There's not – it's it's this – the ending, and you got 60 minutes here. That's it. Or I don't know how many in a fucking NBA game, but um, yeah, you got 60 minutes or whatever. That's it. We'll, but we'll like for a football it. game, it's like it's like a fight. <laughs> it's like a UFC fight. It kind of comes down to 
you get you get like however long you get a week to prepare, two weeks to prepare, whatever. Whatever you prepare in those two weeks, whatever you do in preparation, that's all you got. So it's like that's where people like Brady and Belichick separate themselves because they do so much prep all the time that they know so much more before they even get there that like they're taking it one game at a time, but like the stuff that they're doing to prepare their game is something that they start way back in fucking so they like the preparation that goes into a Super Bowl is way harder to put it is way harder and overall way more structured, I feel. And an NBA game, because like you separate a football game, it's it's like four different positions. It's like you have people slamming into each other at the line. You got the wide receivers, the cornerbacks, and then you got the quarterback. It's like it's a bunch of different positions playing. So it's like you only get one shot at doing any of that. Long story short. Yeah. The key is perfection, really. It's either it's the now or never mentality. If if you don't show up that game and you lose, that's it. But when it comes to a seven game series, like the NBA, you can be a little bit relaxed. You can, you know, you can feel out the series. You can get comfortable, which I think players do. And then when they know it's time to ramp it up, that's when they turn it on. But too often you see, you know, the first round, you see teams get swept 4-0 all the time. But when it comes to the NFL, I mean, you see blowouts, but it's any given Sunday. And I think that holds true every single year that, even in the wild card matchups or you always see teams fighting for their life to get into playoffs. And those wild card teams can sometimes, you know, they usually don't beat the one seed, but they'll give them a run for their money because it's football, it's physical. And these guys want, these guys want it so bad. Not saying that like NBA players don't, but I think it's just a a different type of like competitiveness when it comes to football, because these dudes are literally out there to like kill each other pretty much. Yeah, I mean, building off of that, it's kind of when you're talking about you have those sort of games to adjust and sort of like get better for the next game. Like, I think that's the reason why we see that transition in the NBA, where now it's a lot of strategy when it comes to wear and tear on people's bodies or the or they don't want to showcase a certain thing in game one. There's too much strategy going on, in my opinion, with these certain series where we're not seeing what we really want to see in each game. When you, when you look at the Super Bowl, you expect something absolutely insane to happen. I feel like the past few Super Bowls haven't totally done that. I think, I mean, you look back at the Falcons, Patriots, absolutely insane. Even the Eagles, Patriots hurts a lot, but the Eagles end up beating us. And in my opinion, it was, it was pretty shocking. So when you look at the NBA, like when does that really happen? I think the last time that really happened was when the Cavs, came back and beat the Warriors. I think that's probably the last time that really happened. I can't think of any, any other sort of time that was absolutely amazing, mind-blowing, where the NBA was really looked at like, wow, these guys really care to be there. I just, every year we know who's really going to be in the finals. And it's usually a player instead of a team, which is pretty sad. Yeah, that's a good point. Because you mentioned that every year we usually know. And I feel like, with the NFL, it's usually a toss up. Like there's always a handful of teams and some teams even surprise us for like, where the hell do they come from? Like all of a sudden they're making a push for um, like being a contender for the championship. So it's yeah, big perk. I don't know, dude, like 
you you sucked as a player and you might be even worse <laughs> as an analyst so. but like i mean he, he was there for our 08 championship run run but he was setting some hard-ass screens on dudes well, the best player on that team was Brian Scalabrini. So I oh. think Eric is lucky he even got playing time. Easily. I think he had the most water bottle fills that season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> most benches he's the, warmed. He's got the record, man. He's record kind of a, Big Perk's kind of a scary dude, though. Like, he's, what, 6'10"? If I, like, was walking by him, he's huge. Like, you're just intimidating. I feel it, but he's, like, he's not a Kevin Garnett, though. Like, Kevin Garnett's a scary motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Perkins seems like kind of like if he wasn't playing basketball, he'd be kind of a nerd. Like he could be an accountant. You know what I mean? Like, couldn't you see him at a desk? Well, I mean, all of us are pretty much under 5'10". So, I mean, anybody, anybody that plays professional sports, we should be probably scared of. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, if Perk looks like an accountant, like I'm still scared of him. He's a full like foot taller than me. Like I'm, I'm running the other direction. <laughs> Oh no! I feel like you just wouldn't be like an intimidating looking guy, though. Oh, gotcha. Like, if gotcha. you went up, if you went up and met him, like you, I don't think he'd come yeah. off like he's probably a nice guy. Like, yeah, he probably is genuinely a nice guy. I mean, we get like Isn't one he... of these tweets about like every six months where it's like some analyst takes some wild take because I, and takes another shot at another sport, and it's like at the end of the day, people are never gonna like concede on their opinions. Like it's just to get the whole like. It's a way to stay relevant too. It's a way to stay because, re- like, Kendrick Perkins needs to stay relevant. Like, what? Like, who's listening to him? Who's taking his takes uh, for like for anything? Like, who's going? Oh, did you hear what Kendrick Perkins said? Now, like, they're going to Shaq. They're going to uh, fucking Kenny the Jet. Charles, one of those guys. Charles Barkley. Yes, they're going sir. to these people who like actually have a platform. Like, what does Kendrick Perkins have? Nesson. <laughs> Yeah, NBC NBC Sports. Yeah. Yeah. And they're getting they're getting canned left and right over there at NBC. Him and Abby him and Abby Chen, you know, the dynamic duo. <laughs> oh man. What else we got? All right. I mean, I know we're all huge boxing fans, you know, but Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder third fight has been announced. I mean I know that we all don't really like dive deep too deep into boxing, but it's big news. And it's also a huge payday for these guys. It's estimated 75 million uh, payout for each fighter. And, you know, a lot, I don't know if you guys watched the last fight, which was the second one, but for Fury completely dominated Wilder. It wasn't even close. And I mean, it should yeah, be, remember, it should be uh, interesting. I remember where I was when I watched that fight. And it honestly kind of seemed like very WWE when they came in. Cause they came with like the, he came in, didn't he come on in like a throne? One of them. And like the other one had like a weighted vest on. And they yeah. were like all chrome yeah, plated so. out and stuff. Wilder had the weighted vest and Fury came in with like, yeah. And yeah. then he came out like after like, Oh, I was, I was weighed down 50, like, like the West weighed like 50 pounds or whatever. And then it's like on his Twitter, he's come out publicly said that he walks around with a weighted vest on like 90% of the time. And it's right. like, I don't know. It's one of those things where it'll be a good fight again, but I mean, like, are you really, are you really going to beat that guy? Like, are you really going to beat Tyson Fury? Like. And Fury also had a a fight scheduled to fight uh, Anthony Joshua. Yeah. I don't, but I think it's just like whoever's in the limelight really. So it's like, if he wants that big payday, 
he's going to have to fight him again for a third time, which honestly, I don't think if I'm him, I'm really not like, obviously I'm going to be training hard because you don't want to lose, but it's not like he, like he's done the song and dance twice before. Like he, Oh, we lost him. <laughs> no way. I'll just continue off of what Mason was saying because his wife, he's having some Wi-Fi issues. But, yeah, this is his third rodeo, and Fury has proven that he's the most dominant fighter in his weight class. And the guy's just a psycho. Like, Seriously. I don't know. Have you guys seen the video where he gets – I forget who he's fighting. It might have been Deontay Wilder, but he was like – knocked out cold for like two seconds and then he just comes back to life and you can just see his eyes just like he was like the undertaker yeah he went undertaker mode <laughs> that's not he literally came back to life bro <laughs> you just see his eyes just like glow up mason you're back you're back what your wi-fi connection's back so oh, i could hear you the whole time oh you could hear us yeah i can hear you the whole time word word word, word. all right yeah um yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good fight. I mean, I think it'll be a good fight at least. I mean, I mean I'm probably going to get it. I mean. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been dialed into the UFC stuff recently, which has been a lot more. It's it's honestly one of those things where it's like if you're up on a Saturday past like 10 o'clock, it's like the only thing on really unless you get like the West Coast games or whatever. But it's I mean, some of the fights are pretty good where I don't really know many of the fighters yet, but I'm, it, it is a fun sport to dive into. Yeah, Definitely. especially with Uncle Dana over there, always being seen with the Nelk boys. It's he seems like a pretty cool dude. That guy is on the map. He's everywhere. Got <laughs> his own whiskey. <laughs> Got his own whiskey. It's same with Rogan though. Where like Rogan's posting about like did you see his post of the day where he was uh he was like oh had a had a great sauna session and then he posts like the fucking <laughs> posts like the gauge of what it was at <laughs> and then he's always in like the splits too with the with the uh, dumbbell. But he always with that's a gorilla. Dude, like, I, Rogan's a different type of dude. I respect that man. I I love Joe Rogan. He's not everything. He he says some stupid stuff on his pod, but that man is hilarious. And I I also saw his um, I saw one of his videos where he's kicking one of those bags, and I would I would hate to to be standing there with Joe Rogan in a fight. I think I I honestly want to see Joe Rogan in the ring. I want to see Jake Paul try to take on like Joe Rogan. Oh, just go straight for him in boxing or just like jujitsu or something. Anything, anything. You get tooled up, and that's it. and that's the thing is like with this uh, Fury fight, I think they have a decent amount of weight on their shoulders as like an outside factor. Where all of these like entertainment, like social media stars, think they can just sort of box, like they can just hop in a ring and be these studs. And I mean, I, the only person I would say I respect doing that is Logan Paul going right after the, the man Floyd Mayweather, but I think they have a decent amount of weight on their shoulders in this fight. They need to prove that boxing needs to be taken seriously and that not everybody can do it and just hop in a ring and just fight somebody random. And they just like are this masculine alpha anytime they fight another YouTuber. So I think these two need to come out and really like showcase how like great this sport is. Yeah, it'll build respect for the sport. Definitely. Because I feel like now that you're seeing all these like, yeah, YouTubers and influencers come into the sport thinking that they can, you know, make a name for themselves. It's kind of downplaying how difficult it is to be good at boxing. Like I've never even boxed a day in my life, but I have some friends that do. 
And it's just, they just tell me like, you think that cause you're an athlete, you can go in there and you're like, Oh yeah, I can, I can dodge. I can throw a few punches, but it is so much more than that. I mean, we saw Nate Robinson hop in there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that that's a little, that's a little like different. I guess, RIP to Nate. <laughs> that man, like he needed a tombstone in the ring. That was awful. But that just, like you're saying, that just goes to show, even though you can, you can play another sport doesn't mean that you can just hop in on somebody else's sport especially boxing that's a different beast and honestly a lot of these dudes i would love to see them hop into the octagon that's where i think that that's that would be absolutely amazing it's funny i compare the youtuber boxing to like you have like your pro boxing and you have your youtuber boxing i compare it to like rough and rowdy you know what i mean like on the barstool thing where it's like people they got two random people who want to fight Hop in the ring for like I don't know maybe a couple grand. I don't even I don't even know how much they get paid. I mean I know what Jose got, who Conseco got paid pretty well, but mm-hmm. either way, it's like it's like they're opening up a market where they like people like when watching people fight. True. So it's like if you get the world's most famous people at the time to be like, why don't you two get in a ring and we'll sell pay-per-views for X amount of, like, it's just all for, it, I mean, it's definitely all for money. I watched the YouTubers versus TikTok, uh, like the interviews today where like, they'll do like the, the guys out. And like, it was just like, it was the it's all for publicity. It's like the gotcha hat thing. That was hilarious with <laughs> Mayweather, but it was like, it's all for, and it's kind of sucks. Cause it's like, it doesn't like what's even real anymore. You know? Yeah. But like but, people are gonna buy it because it's it's entertaining and it's to be honest, I mean I'd like to see Tanner Fox throw a punch in the ring, which I agree. <laughs> he's on this card somehow. <laughs> I don't know. Tanner Fox is in this card. The scooter kid. You met I like Tanner. I like Tanner Fox. I, I love I, Tanner I, Fox, yeah. but I'm like, I why? Then they must be that much money. It, it's yeah. gotta be that much money. Well, let's take a, a moment to like talk about who's fighting in the is it like the undercard to Logan Paul and Floyd, right? Is that what it is? Is it? I believe so. Yeah, it's Bryce so. Bryce Hall and Austin McBroom are one of the undercards, I believe. Yep, yep. And they had that's like know, the main one. Yeah, and they got into it a couple of days ago. I'm sure you guys saw the video. I don't know if our listen, listeners have seen it, but basically Bryce Hall attacked Austin McBroom for. for did you see bradley martin this big ass dude trying to like shove people move the crowd back see that that bradley martin is is someone who i'm happy you brought him up because he's somebody who i think is like someone who's changed in my mind where i thought he was just kind of like a like a scumbag almost but i see him hop into these sort of like youtube versus tiktok like stuff and um and I don't, I don't know. He's he's there for fun. He's there to laugh at people. So honestly, like they, there was an interview after that little altercation between Austin and Bryce. And he he could care less what just happened. They're like, what just happened? And he was like, oh, like Bryce went at him, I think, first. And then Austin, I think, got a little punch. And then that was pretty much it. And it was it was a it was just a funny little interview. But um, but I I can't wait to watch it. It'll be goofy. I wanted to see what's his name? Danny Danny. Duncan is that Danny Duncan yeah I wanted to see him fight but they couldn't get somebody from TikTok to fight him because I mean he's a he's a beast so I don't know doesn't he does he have boxing experience or am I making that up I think he does but he's also just like one of those like sneaky athletes where it's like he looks like a goofball 
but he'll like windmill dunk on you randomly. Like he's, he's one of those weird athletes where you just don't expect it. So I think that's where people really didn't want to get in the ring with him. And I mean, I think he does, he does have some boxing, boxing experience. Also, one of you mentioned, or was it Mason that mentioned like the whole Jake Paul got your hat thing where he grabbed Floyd Mayweather's hat? Yeah. I feel like that's worth talking about because it was circulating all throughout social media. I see, I understand what Jake Paul's trying to do. Like he's very like intelligent with like how he operates the world of social media. But I just compare him to his brother logan and i'm like i like logan so much more Agreed. than jake so it's just they're like it's like when logan hit controversy he went one way like with the whole japan thing and then when jake paul like hits any type of controversy or like people hate him he just decided to be like the villain so you got like the good side and the dark side really so i mean it probably gets to a point where you only really care about your peers kind of think of you yeah so especially if you're doing, especially even this that line of work where it's strictly based on getting clicks, like doing all that stuff is it takes a lot of balls. Stealing Floyd Mayweather's hat, like so, like he had to have thought of that beforehand. Where it's like you don't like, there's no way you just go up to like, yeah, you're gonna get in his face, yeah, you're gonna give him shit, but like to do the gotcha hat, like nobody saw that coming. That was the most like holy like he just did that moment in a while which is which is awesome but getting back to the youtubers or tiktokers thing the none of these like it looks like it, it literally is just the 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 oh, fuck mate you good mace what happened? <laughs> yeah i'm good now can you hear me yeah yeah all right um yeah, we're gonna have to cut that. But the Tanner Fox thing, or like the YouTubers, TikTokers, it it's it's a very strange. There's some very good looking dudes on this list. To be honest with you, there. <laughs> Towards the TikToker side, the YouTubers all look like they're. Oh, we lost them again. This is brutal. See, the thing is, I don't even know what he was trying to say there. So, like, I I don't even I don't even build a build off of that. Let's hope you. Let's hope you can get back. I'm curious to see what he was gonna say about the YouTubers. I don't even know if I can cut this. To be honest, I might just leave it in there. <laughs> might just leave, leave it. it in. All right, I'm back again. Hell yeah! There, um, there. Anytime I ever open up anything on my phone, it just goes fucking. I gotta clear these apps. Uh, where was I at with the YouTubers, TikTokers thing? You were talking about how the TikTokers are some like pretty good looking dudes, and then you just sit, started talking about the YouTubers, and then you cut out. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it looks like one side's, like, the I don't even, I don't get how you could be that successful that young and, like, not end up, like, it's kind of like today, like the Disney stars, you know, where it's like these kids were so successful and so, like, popular this young. It's like, I want to see what they look like in, like, five years, because if you're going to keep up with this certain type of lifestyle for, like, five years, it's like, like, they're all set for life, but, like, are they really going to be doing all right when like they actually grow up <laughs> like no you're right i mean because you look at like the way that um that even like bryce lives his life he's just pulling up to parties he's talking trash to random people he's just kind of being that sort of like jake paul like walmart edition or like he's, he's a wannabe jake paul and the poor man's jake paul 
pretty much and i mean you look at you look at people like i'm i know david dobrik's under some some pretty pretty big heat i mean he he's pretty much gotten canceled but you look at like what he did after his after being on vine and then he's on youtube and like it didn't really seem for a while like he was slowing down it just seemed like he was living his life having a great time but I, I think you're right, especially with these TikTokers. Like, I don't know where they go after TikTok. TikTok was closed down tomorrow. Where do they go from there? Nobody's going to want to tune in to watch their 15-minute YouTube videos of just random stuff. I think they've built such large followings that they would find – I think they'd find, like, careers in, like, acting or even, like, as content creators on YouTube – just because of the like how fierce the fan base is when it comes to like Addison Ray, Bryce Hall, all of those, like even the Demilios, it's crazy. True. They have like those deals with like Aber like Abercrombie or whatever, or American Eagle. I don't even know. But, they have uh, deals with Duncan. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's got that's, her, that's a good drink. Don't sleep on it. It's a good drink. Have is you it? had it? I haven't got it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I can't. I can't. I can't you walk it. out the window. Yeah, can I get a can I get a D'Amelio? <laughs> yeah. Large, a large D'Amelio. Is it just called a Charlie? I think. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. all just a Charlie. It, yeah. It's good. It's good. Don't doubt it. It makes sense though. I mean, what is it like? Two is it like almond milk and something else, and like caramel swirl. Honestly, I've I have no idea. I know that there was caramel in it, but uh, I just had to go with it because you know it's it's a little hype thing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> did, might, you might the, as well. did you get the cactus jack burger? No, I didn't. Never, I, never. No. It was decent, decent. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely wish I tried it, man. Damn. Yeah, it was pretty cool to walk over the window and be like, "Yeah, can I get the Travis Scott burger?" Oh no, it was. Uh, what is it? You have to say. What did you have to was say? Cactus Jack sent me or something. Was that what? Oh, it's uh, Wasn't it like you know what I'm here for or something? And then yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, yeah. You could say that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then it was like. And then you had every kid on their on their Snapchat story rolling up the window <laughs> playing Astro World, and you're like, "This kid's a dick." It's it's like uh it's like people posting their uh their vaccine cards on all their social media platforms. <laughs> yeah, like, like that. Thank that, you. <laughs> I'm like they, I'm like, thank God you're vaccinated. Like, know, like when, right? You went to McDonald's, you got the burger, and now you're vaccinated. You are a person I want to hang out with, right? Yeah. Here. It's like, do you think it's like they like? I know nobody set me up. It's probably because they, they haven't got the vaccine. That must be it. They're like nobody's hitting my line for the weekend, so I'm gonna throw another pick of my vax card so people. Yeah. Know so they good. know that like I'm cool to hang out with people. It's it's fine, guys. I'm I'm all set. Like I'm ready to go out in the world. I'm I'm. What was the what was the back that thing that was on Barcelona? It's like I'm vaccinated and ready to fuck. <laughs> oh uh, yeah I, I, I didn't see that but i mean you know this is a rated r podcast for all you uh yeah the, the first one back is uh is a real hot start my boys it's yeah. like we can we can be a little edgy and then when we ramp it up we'll have to be a little more yeah like when we start getting a couple a couple hundred we'll see what is it, we'll it? it down a bit what is it like the mullet is it party in the front or business in the front party in the back yeah yep. So like we can we can get professional, but then we can we can get rowdy. Yeah, we can definitely get a little rowdy. Yes, sir. I don't know what. Uh, it's gonna be a. I'm glad it's Wednesday. Can we are we doing every Wednesdays? What are we are we doing every Wednesday? Couldn't tell you. That's a, could, listen, could that's up to the Wednesday? CEO. That's up to Dev. That's up to the, the big, big dog. Yeah, you know, I got two. Captain. I got two employees. I I don't I don't pay them. They're working for free. <laughs> 
after hours. I, I, was, I was forced into this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah signed like, into a three-year deal, so he's just going to be – if we don't want to do it, he's just going to keep pumping out content for us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's how it's going to yeah, go. Yeah, we got, we, got we got some negotiating to do on, on your contracts. I don't know if I can uh, afford it. Listen, yeah, it's an, it's an entry-level deal for now. But yeah, you guys, are, you guys will be free agents in a year or two, and I can uh, trade you away. Uh, per episode send me somewhere on, nice or he's on a pto <laughs> <laughs> all right we got anything else you guys want to bring up anything I'm trying to think oh did you see um what was his name he's on the trailblazers he went to he had a court he had a court thing today he gained like 400 pounds and like he's up to like 400 pounds and he was like on the trailblazers like well i think like last year it's like a center or something. No way. I just I, saw it on Twitter. I gotta see. So what about it? Just hit the him he gained just him Dude, gaining he, a ton of weight. It, it looks like it's two different people. What was it? Really? Yeah. Well, speaking what of speaking it? of gaining like four hundred pounds, Kelvin Benjamin back into the NFL as a is tight he, end. Is he really? I didn't know that. Yeah, the Giants signed him as a tight end because he's a big boy now. You remember the towards the end of his, not the end of his career, but before he left the NFL, he was putting on some some pounds. Like each oh, yeah. each year, you're like, holy shit, he's <laughs> he's getting slower and he's getting bigger. Yeah, man, he was a beast coming out of college. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what happened on his downfall. I honestly barely remember, but I, I just woke up to knowing that the Giants signed him. Um, I mean, it's going to be an interesting NFL, like NFL season now that we have. Tim Tebow standing there as a, as a tight end now in a Jacksonville. So that, that's, that's pretty interesting. I keep on seeing the memes with uh, James Winston about uh, Urban Meyer saying like, Oh, we're just signing him as a tight end. And then James Winston is, uh, is saying, don't believe that. And then Taysom Hill is now the starter. So uh, sucks to suck James Winston. It's good to have Tebow back in action, you know, very religious man. Got so, you know, he's got God on his side. So. You can't hate him. You can't. He might, he might. He might become the best tight end in the entire NFL this season. I, I think he already is. I don't know. I don't know what about this. Like, be, like he might be. He already <laughs> is. He steps onto that field. Like it, when he was playing baseball, he was the best baseball player I've ever seen. Easily. Yeah, without without question, you can't debate it. He's one of those guys that could sell out a crowd. Like people yeah. are gonna go there just to see him play. Oh no, yeah, no question about it. And Jacksonville needs that. They, they yeah. need. <laughs> they got a tough time filling their stadium. So, yeah, brutal. Do you think he's gonna have anything though? Or I mean, like, what's what's? Do you think the arm's good? Or I'm I I can't see him playing more than three weeks. Debo's not playing quarterback. He's tight end. But I mean, oh they'll, my, they'll, even they'll then, it's like I can see him blowing out a knee in the first game. <laughs> he's got like, God on his side. It won't happen. He's. Got I'm God saying like. You throw a hail, you throw a hail mary. He's there. How Dude, tall is he? Is he tall? I don't think he's. Not. Is he like is six he a feet? Big guy? He's probably like six foot, six one. I guess. Is he going up against like a defensive end? I gotta like, see. I can't see him being that great of a player. <laughs> yeah, he, he's uh he's six three, which okay. I mean, he's uh, taller than him, I thought. It doesn't make him like a. Like a super small tight end, but like, I mean, 
hate to say it because it's I mean it's the first name that popped up right under him. Uh, Aaron Hernandez was six one, so I mean he's taller than Aaron Hernandez, but shorter than Rob Gronkowski. So I mean, do you think he we'll, got, we'll he does. Is he fast? Like, I I mean that's it. That's the thing. It's such a toss up where we have absolutely no idea. He's but been the guy out. Has, he has God on his side, Mason. He has God on his side. He's been out of the. Has it been a decade since he's been in the NFL? It's been close. The guy hasn't played an NFL game forever. Yeah, I don't know. I think the last time he played was like 2012. And he had like a playoff win with the Broncos. Maybe. Yeah, let me let me see. That was like the highlight of his career, and then bam, you know. He lost to the Pats, right? He was on the Pats for, at one point. Oh. That's why it's called – they call it not for long, the NFL. You're – your career just over in like a blink of an eye he was in the league for three years that is crazy when was this when was, his last year was 2012 with the i mean it says here it was with the jets yeah so almost a decade yeah. of him not playing wow that's crazy people still want him he's, just a, he's a great guy on it i mean from I've never met him, but I think he's a great guy. And I mean, he's, he's a great leader. So, I mean, he just, he brings God into the locker room. He's a household name. They need to bring money. They need to bring money Manziel back, even though he's not he's athletic. Up in the, uh, what's he's in the fan control football league. Yeah. He was on, yeah. The, he was on Bob Menery's team, the zappers. The zappers. Yeah. He's getting zapped. Yeah. I need to go see a game. I need to go to that. Yeah. We, we, we make it. Yeah. Are we making a trip? We should oh, without, without question. Cool. Without question. We should go to um, a lacrosse game, too. I'm in. Final say goes on the road. What do you guys think? I mean, I'm all in. Buy a van, buy an RV. Like, let, let's we do it. We should get a van. We should yeah. get a sick van, dude. Deck it out. Final say. Cool travel. Final say decals. Let's do a road trip. Yeah. And I'm, we I'm should in. go on a road trip. To where? I don't know. <laughs> Jacksonville? Sick. Let, let's go to Jacksonville. We'll, we'll catch Tim Tebow. Um, we'll catch Tim Tebow in his first game. That, that'll be the road trip down to Jacksonville. And then uh, we'll go check out. Well, on our way back, we'll check out Kelvin Benjamin. And then we'll come home. I'd be pretty sick to line up some interviews. Oh, yeah. For like a road trip. So we really got, got like an interview. Oh, yeah. We're not, we're not partying or anything. It's strictly business. Strictly it's business. all business. that's what I mean. It's like, well, it's strictly business trip. It's yeah. wake, it's wake up podcast without question. Content, just push out content. That's all we got to do. <laughs> Keep pushing yeah. content. But yeah, so the NBA player I was trying to talk about earlier, uh, Caleb Swat Swan again. I know you're talking about. He he looks almost unrecognizable in this. Like, oh yeah, he's a big boy. Like that's in one year. He was in the league last year. He took that like Kodak diet. Like, ooh, he did. Jeez, that, that's brutal. That is that is brutal. I think the Blazers probably bring him back because you know they maybe will bring somebody's some got to somebody's got to help that man. <laughs> y'all remember Escalade, the street baller? Escalade? No, I don't remember Escalade. No. Oh wait, yes I do. Yes I do. Absolute baller. Basically, looks like Caleb Swanigan was a hooper. I'm pretty sure he played with a professor at, at one point or another, but he was a street baller. I was gonna say that's what the how the All professor right. like got his name, right? 
through like street ball, like street ball leagues and shit. Yeah. Yeah. But huh. Escalade, rest in peace to Escalade. RIP, our man Escalade. Guy had one of the nastiest spin moves you'll ever see. If you have no clue what I'm talking about, which most of you probably don't, just look up Escalade basketball and you'll be amazed by what this man can do at over 300 something pounds. I'll tell you, he's, he, he he's definitely. Hips. He's definitely better than Big Perk. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. He's getting... He, he would have taken to the house on Perk Daddy. No question. No per, question. Perk's getting peace 21 zip by Escalade. <laughs> you can't even touch the floor with, with Escalade. I mean, he's he's behind Brian Scalabrini and everything. Scalabrini would be able to play him one-on-one before Big Perk could. because Big Perk just sucks. Man, is awful. He just doesn't really seem like a... Like a fun guy to be around at all. No. Like I can't get that accountant thing out of my head where I just picture him <laughs> at a desk. I, I would not trust him with my taxes. I'll tell you that. I don't think anybody would. That's the thing. It's like he's not a very – he's not a good accountant. He just looks like an accountant. You can't even trust him with a basketball. <laughs> Unless it's in the paint. <laughs> all right. I think we've been going for, what, like an hour? So, what do you say we wrap it up? Sounds good to me. Watch some bees. Might as well. Yeah, we'll get the bees game going here. And uh, yeah, yeah. Good if you first made- week, guys. Good first week. Yeah. For sure. If you're still listening and you've made it this far with us rambling for the last, you know, twenty minutes or so, then thank you. You're real homie. Also, thanks for coming back in season two of the final say because we were we. The last episode that came out was probably like five or six months ago. So we're bringing it back. I'm excited. I think this is, uh, I don't know, it's a good thing to go. It's a good thing we got going. I'm ready for interviews. I'm ready. I'm very ready for interviews. For sure. Hell yeah. Follow the Instagram, the.finalsay. We're going to be posting this on YouTube. And we also have the audio version on Spotify and Apple Music. So make sure to check that out. Yeah, I don't look very good in the first episode, so I'm going to try again next week, but this is not how I always look, so. Yeah. Uh, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Don't worry like about it. I look a ghost right now, dude. I look thick as hell. Nah, man. <laughs> you're, you're better looking than those TikTok stars, man. You're gorgeous. I wish, dude. Fuck. <laughs> All right. All right. Peace.